1: And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACast.
0: Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week is my fantastic as always co-host, Ann Stickney. Uh and since it's been a pretty hectic week for both of us, uh, just tell us about the Pokemon raid you were just co- telling me about. Because I'm that was a pretty Pokemon master.
1: No, um, they do these things in Pokemon Go called EX raids. They are very special raids that you can get. Um, you get an invite to it, and it happens like all across town. There are various like little poke, poke- Pokemon gyms. Where these EX Raids can happen. So if you do regular Raids in these gyms, occasionally you'll get this invitation. And the invitation is for a certain time and a certain day. There's like a little window there where you have to do it. And if you don't make that window, you don't get that Pokemon. So um, I got one of those today, which is why the pre-show was a little late. Not that the people listening to this, you know, post-recording are going to notice. But if if you are listening on Patreon, sorry about the late pre show <laughs> That was my fault, because I only had like this one little window. But yeah, um, I went there. I went to a park. I beat up a Pokemon. Then I caught it. My brother in law was there too. I invited him, so that was cool. It was like, yay, family bonding, kind of, sort of, with the posse.
0: Interesting for me, my my non Blizzard game distraction of the past week has been the Dragon Age series, because I went Are you back and played two? Origins. Oh, no, Origins? I went and did Origins. Okay. I no, I no, I'm not. Yes. Oh. I went and did Origins first, mm-hmm. and I blew through Origins in like a day because I wanted a, I wanted a female human mage. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. You were telling me about that to import.
0: Yeah. So I I did the female human mage who's an Amel, and I I, I threw I threw Cullen the, the smoldering looks, but didn't romance him because you can't. Uh, I did my 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 Dragon Age Inquisitor, my Dragon Age Origins character was just ruthless and and sinister. Like she she was just like nope. What's the easiest thing for me? Uh, kill Carradine and put Bronca making golems. Good. We're going with it. Balin's on the throne. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Alistair, get hard. I don't have time for this. Yep. I'm absolutely going to be your mistress. Kill Loghain, Uh Salt the earth. Yeah. Go. You not get Morgan pregnant. I, I demand you do it right away because I don't want to die. Conquer everything and, you know, rule afterwards type. And then I played Hawke. Wow. As- yeah, so you total. you were you realize totally though not the way I usually play at all. Like, I was, it was gonna totally say different.
1: you realize that by playing the female ML mage and making the smoldering eyes at Colin, you're kind of directly responsible for like his complete yes <laughs> breakdown yes. over yes, the rest I am. of the series.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Oh. I totally am. Oh boy. Because then I played then I played Hawk as a mage and I finished that this week. Um and. This is another reason why I haven't been doing as much World of Warcraft as I could because I had to get through this really fast. So I did this in like you know like a couple of days, and I I went and I I romanced Fenris. I I then had him turn on me and killed him. Uh, he he totally wouldn't listen to reason, so he got Wait, dead. Wait, you
1: killed Fenris?
0: Absolutely dead. You yep. can
1: kill Fenris?
0: Yep. Because I he, didn't he know you per-
1: could kill Fenris. That's mean. Okay. Yeah,
0: he Sorry. turned on me. He turned on me because I was a mage and because I wouldn't. Like after I killed uh, Anders for blowing up the Chantry, he wouldn't listen and reason and come with me because I don't know why, because everything should have been fine. The romance should have worked out, but he was like, nope, won't join you. So I'm like, all right, and killed him. Uh, walked out of that, then st- imported into my Inquisitor who's an elf because I'm going to finally finish the Solas romance.
1: Oh, why are you putting yourself through that? This is what I call, <laughs> this is, this has been the, the Dragon Age
0: Trilogy of Pain.
1: It's like the Dragon Age Misery Tour, 2019.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jeez. I'm finally doing it. So yeah. In between all of that, I actually did um, play some Diablo, um, which I'm finally of the opinion I like the Seasons of Nightmares, except for the fact that the Season of Nightmares bonus is completely useless to me. Have you? You haven't gotten
1: you to the it. point where it's actually like doing you any so, good yet?
0: I'm doing Greater Rift 90s. And there's just it, and
1: it's still losing not set bonus, worth it to yeah, losing it Switch losing,
0: losing my set bonus just means I die too fast. I just can't stay. I can't stay up long enough for anything else to work. Uh, whereas my set bonus, with the proper build I'm using, it just it keeps me up and I kill stuff. And it's like I, why would I give this up? So yeah, I.
1: It feels like the the bonus thing for the nightmares is something that would work really well for some classes. And for other classes, it just won't out outweigh how good the set bonuses already are in terms of, like, survivability least, and yeah. sheer damage.
0: At least for my character, I lose too much giving up my set. So, yeah. Well, shoot. that's That's been weird, and I don't like it. I might write something about it at some point, but I don't play enough other classes. The problem is I don't play enough other classes. Like I play Crusaders, Barbarians, and occasionally uh, uh, Necromancers. And i and my Monk. I haven't got my Monk to max level yet. I haven't got my Necromancer to max level yet. And my Crusader's just sort of sitting there technically at 70, but hasn't been played at all. Like, I got them to 70 for the, for the season, and I just sort of stopped. So, yeah, it's been weird. This has been a weird Diablo season where I like, I like a lot of it, but I'm not sold on the Season of Nightmares bonus. And I hope for the next season they do something really weird and out there. Like,
1: I feel like I feel like you should write something about this, and I feel like you should write about your experiences with the class that you're playing, in so far as how that set bonus works and how it compares to the season thing, and how it doesn't feel like it's going to be worth it, or when you feel like it's going to be worth it, because maybe it's never going to be worth it. You never know. But I think it... I
0: would have to be rocking full primal ancients in every uh, yeah. slot. Yeah. But I, I feel I, like maybe we then... should
1: write like an opinion piece about that or something, because maybe Blizzard will see that. They read our stuff.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, we should probably talk about the few things we've got to talk about. Because, you know, guys, we, we're aware that we're doing two shows pretty close together.
1: Uh, yeah, our last show, for, for people that are listening to the recording, you did get the recording on Friday as usual. We made the recording on Friday because... Last week was crazy. Uh, This week is also crazy. So there's been like about mm, four days between recordings here.
0: Yeah. And And two of
1: those were a weekend. So like, and it was a holiday.
0: (laughs) We kind of got lucky that Tuesday at least had some stuff as we're recording this. A few things happened today. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk about one of those right now. Um, They finally released the normal and heroic versions of the Eternal Palace Raid.
1: It is out. You can go beat up Ashara and all of that jazz now.
0: Yep. The, we're not going to talk about spoilers. There is a cinematic to be seen at the end of the raid, but we're not going to talk about what happens in it. Um, if you want that Except kind that of thing, there's a post on the site. Good. It's real
1: yeah. good. You guys, <laughs> that's all I'll
0: tons say. Of Im- tons of implications for the future. Uh, some stuff that we said on this week's lore watch has been borne out. I think pretty effectively here. Yeah. Um,
1: um, that lore watch will be released on the site next Monday. Uh, so, yeah, if you are a patron, you can go listen to it now. go check out patreon it's up there uh the The thing that I feel like I should note here is that if you are rating on normal. And you are interested in the lore stuff, make sure that you are listening to what the NPCs are saying throughout the fight. Because it's not just the cinematic. There's stuff going on and things being said throughout the course of the encounter. Um, I know most people, they use like Discord or they use Vent or do people still use TeamSpeak? Is TeamSpeak even a thing anymore? I don't think it's a thing anymore. Anyway, uh, people use voice chat when they're raiding to call out stuff and things like that. And usually when people do that, the end game chatter. You might want to keep the in-game chatter on if you're interested in what's going on and what the implications are for this. Particularly on Normal because Normal's not too bad. Although uh, oh man
0: There was a bug Yeah, I was going to say,
1: what was the name of that raid guild? It, they, were, they were on Zol'jin Might. And I, huh, it was Might. Okay, on Zol'jin we <laughs> I was like I remember the server, I don't remember the name of the team Anyway, so they were in there raiding it um, and they were streaming their raid Uh, there was a bug going on with them where Ashara wouldn't click over to Phase 4 for some reason, and they had to reset it quite a few times. Now, I'm expecting that there's going to be a hotfix or something that's going to go in within the next 24 hours, if there hasn't been one already. But if you are planning on raiding Ashara tonight, and by tonight I mean Tuesday, uh, you may want to just watch out for that, because there was something weird and buggy going on. Which is unusual, yeah. actually, these days.
0: Yeah, for for the fight, it was actually... The fight otherwise seemed to be going fine, so it was some kind of a surprise. But overall, you know, it looks to be a really challenging, engaging raid. It took them a few hours to get the fight down, which is, you know, surprising for a normal mode fight. I
1: think that was just the bugs, really, because she wasn't kicking over yeah, to... They wish, were getting down yeah. to where she should have kicked over to Phase 4, and she wasn't, mm-hmm. so they were just wiping.
0: Yeah. There's... Hey, Rossi. There, yeah. Yo...
1: You know what I noticed about that Ashara encounter?
0: I'm sure you noticed quite a few things, but go ahead.
1: It looks just like Omnitron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I thought you were gonna mention that it had it did a call back to Lady Vosh. No. <laughs> I did mean it yes, did, but it, Yeah, no. <laughs> no. But anyway, um Inside joke, Instead sorry. she she goes with the deep cut. Um but anyway, uh in addition to that, we've got the new um Mythic season is opened. That's that's happening right now that Blizzard released to kind of Everything you need to know about their, you know, Battle for Azeroth season three, they they finally put that video out. So it talks about mythics, the new mythic, you know, key, the new mythic. Uh, I want to say affix, the new word. Um, that's out. And things about how oh, to deal that, with that. Oh, the
1: the affix thing that comes with it. Yeah. Do you know what the remember. new one is?
0: I did, and it's just completely blanking from my head. I was okay. just watching the video, so I do know, but okay. Yeah, the video's well, out does, can, yeah blizzard
1: has got a video out there, so you can go check that out, but yeah, there is a new one that's going to be in play throughout all of this, and go have fun with mythic
0: yeah, and you can obviously you can run the uh, the new mega dungeon that's been out for a while, but they've Mechagon. got a thing up on how to do that, yeah. yeah, so yeah that's that's all there, um as Anne pointed out, see people if there's are already some getting streams,
1: flight. I need to see if there's some streams of Mechagon like the actual. I need to go look for streams of that because I haven't seen it yet. It,
0: this is where I miss us doing the leveling stream.
1: I know, right? Because we could go, like, we had a group, faces yeah, against we gone, it. <laughs> yeah. That,
0: that, 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 when we ran Karazhan, that was one of the most funny things we ever did.
1: It was so that was much just... fun. That Even... raid, excuse me, I keep wanting to call it a raid because it was originally, but that dungeon, the dungeon was just bonkers. It was so good.
0: The fight where we like were in the library and we were tiny and everything was enormous. Yes. We wiped so many times. We had no idea what we were doing. That's on the mice. kind of thing. That, <laughs> yeah. that was that was the kind of stuff we at Blizzard Watch could give you that other groups couldn't. Our total and complete inability to figure out what the heck we were doing. Our
1: incompetence. You don't get that from other
0: streams. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's all going on. That's that's worth noting. Uh, we talked about this last week, but it's worth noting again because it's this week. It's over. Um, the WoW Classic beta is shutting down as of uh, July 12th if you as are in beta you
1: night. have till Friday to play yeah. play your little hearts and... out and then you gotta wait till it comes out but you don't have too long to wait really
0: No, until next month uh, it's, it's July now so next month we will be getting WoW Classic which is oh. like wow okay
1: I, I'm still blown away that they managed to pull that off I'm really, I'm blown away that they managed to pull it off because I for sure figured it was mechanically impossible. But they found that old, if they hadn't found that old data in that, this was, uh, we're going back to, I I know last episode, we were talking about that that panel um, where they were talking about how classic came to be. Um, One of the things that they mentioned was they didn't have the code for classic anymore like it, it just didn't exist, and they were digging through uh, a storage shed or something somewhere looking for something else, and they found they found an existent copy of one point one two they actually found it they didn't think they had it, but they found it, and that's how all of this started <laughs> if they hadn't found that. None of this would have happened. So yeah, I'm still I'm I'm really astonished that it's actually like coming to pass. Do you are you gonna are you gonna check it out? Are you gonna play it at all? Or are you gonna has you know, beta been enough the, for you?
0: I here's the thing. I was super excited and into the beta until I hit like mid 30s, and then I stopped because it just got to that point. You know the point I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, the point where, where it's like, oh god, I can't ride down. it. An, an animal, I'm walking everywhere, there's no quests, I have to go grind things for
0: hours. Find yeah. yourself in Desolus. Desolus <laughs> Killing when those stupid are... skeletons down at the south you... end of the zone because when, it's when the you... only thing that'll give you XP. <laughs> when you go to Desilus and you're actually desperately doing every centaur-related quest from Nigel's point because... It's something, and you're too low level to go to any other zone, and it's just like, oh my god, I gotta, I, I, I can't go to Tanaris yet. And when I get to Tanaris at level forty, I'm gonna spend five levels just killing Scorpids. That's the thing about people forget this about WoW, and I, I hadn't forgotten it, so I knew it was coming. And when I got there, I was like, this is even worse than I remembered it being, and I remembered this as being awful. It's,
1: it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like. You remember it and you remember how awful it is and you kind of laugh about how awful it is because it it was. It was awful, but it was funny in a way when you think back on it and you think what the game has turned into now. And then when you think about, like when I thought about going back and playing it, I was like, oh yeah, nostalgia, that'll be really cool. That'll be fun. And yeah, I know it's going to be really hard and really difficult, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the challenge. And then I got in and started playing like just just this was just the demo this was just the blizzcon demo i got in and i started playing and i was like wait why did i miss this and maybe i was just playing the wrong class but you know
0: i think for me it was it wasn't that it was challenging because it's not challenging there are challenging moments to the to the beta and those moments i actually did kind of enjoy like trying to figure out
1: challenge it's frustration yeah
0: it's it's just tedium. Like yeah. running to Desolus, you you running to Desilis when you have, don't have anything to get to Desolus before, you don't have the flight points. There's there's no convenient way to get to, De- to Desolus. You, you go can through try- Harpy Canyon and yeah, hope they don't like, murder you. It's like you can try to get in from like the Horde areas, and that's a long slog. Oh yeah, you, you can try to Alliance. run through- <laughs> Good <Yeah>. luck. <laughs> you have to run. You have to run straight through Stone Talon. Yeah. You have to run from Ashenvale straight through Stone Talon and make sure you go the right way. Don't take the wrong branching path or you're going to end up like in the middle of, of the, you know, the Barrens and have to go back. Uh, so you have to take the right branching path and then head straight down through the entirety of Stone Talon to get to the opening of Ni- of, of Desalus. Then you have to go hook into Nigel's Point, which is not convenient. Oh, Nigel's hey, did Point you, is way off in the area. It's just did you it's do the quest? Experience. Did
1: you do the Alliance quests in North Stone Talon? Because there are a few up there that will give you some mm-hmm. more XP.
0: I did do them. In fact, okay. that's why I ended up going yeah. to Desolus because okay. I did do those quests. Okay. You, you. The thing is, is that the other thing you don't remember is, it's a, the passageway from Ashton Vale mm-hmm. to Stone Talon is real tiny, and yeah. is n- there's nothing on the zone that tells you this way to Stone Talon. No, there's no sign. Like, yeah. In the in the uh, since Cataclysm, <laughs> the pathway is really noticeable. There's actually like a little base outside of it, and everything. Yeah. It's great. No, this is a this is a small crack this in the mountains. A, here's that a cave. You, Go through here. Yeah. <laughs> Go through a cave, and you find yourself in Stone Talon. And the best part is where it comes through isn't near the quest area. No, so you then have to run back up to get to the quest area. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It's it's classic. It's WoW classic with all of its good stuff and all of its bad stuff. I do think it's going to be fun and I do think I will play it occasionally. I feel I... like
1: if I play it, I'm not going to play a druid because I did that in the demo because my first character was a night elf druid and I was like, oh, it's a be- demo for classic. I'll go back and play the first character I ever played. And like about a half an hour into it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember why I hated this. <laughs> and um, I think that if I go in and I play classic and I may very well, I might duck in and, you know, check things out because why not? Um, I'm going to go in as a forsaken shadow priest because I will tell you right now, they are monstrously OP <laughs> and, and I don't mind that I'll be okay with playing, that. I'll play something that's super OP. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah,
0: I, I might, I the problem I have is that I remember exactly how hard it was to level a warrior back then, and I'm not yeah. the level of stubborn I used to be. Like, back then, it was like, no, I won't let this game beat me. And now I'm like, but yeah. But you get that
1: cool whirlwind axe.
0: Eh, did it. Got the mm-hmm. T-shirt. Yeah. So I'm actually thinking I might play a Paladin or something. I don't know. Really? But I, I haven't really. I The thing is, is that the 1.12 Paladin is like the knee plus ultra of the most boring class in existence
1: i was gonna say weren't they is... st- were they did they get did they graduate out of buff bot when 1.12 hit or were they still no
0: no 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 no. Okay. in, in end game they were absolutely buff bots and okay. they were out of combat resers but that's not the problem i mean because this will be soloing this will be a character i play every so often the problem is is that the, the gameplay is still basically seal judge judge seal seal judge you know what i mean it's just there wasn't anything, like, Rhett didn't have any cool stuff back then. It wasn't like it is now where it's got attacks and abilities. It was basically just a seal judge system, and you that's you hit things, and you judge them, and you seal. you
1: Staticus in the chat channel says, Is this true classic WoW where paladins could control Forsaken and everything because they were still undead? No, because I don't no. think it even came out. I think I that didn't was get a to beta thing. Yeah, it was a beta thing for a brief time, and everybody said, What is this? And then they took it out. So yeah, it's... no, that
0: that's yeah, no, they took Sorry. that out. this is one point twelve. It is the last patch of Classic WoW. Um, so yeah, it's it is Classic WoW. It is the classiciest it ever got. It is this is the the ultimate World of Warcraft patch before Burning Crusade came out. But it is very much a, like two almost two years into its life cycle. This is when they said, "Oh, that doesn't work." I think at this point, um, they they'd added the the books for i think relics and something else for like shaman and paladins they didn't have and bows. there
1: there were books yeah. there oh the librams.
0: yeah the the i think paladins had librums and shamans relics. had little yeah shamans had the little thing and uh druids warriors had them and... too didn't they I think druids did have them. Yeah. And uh, warriors and rogues still had bows and guns and knives. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm thinking of the books from like AQ, where you could learn new spells, and that's like way oh, right no. down the line. Yeah. So to, to point this out, when we say it's 1.12, what we mean is mechanically speaking, like all of the spells and everything, they are balanced as if the game was at 1.12. The game itself is starting out from day one. So you won't have Blackwing Lair right off the bat. You're not. No, gonna, I think the. It's... I don't
0: think I think the only layer that's raid that's open Molten is uh, Molten Core and Ani. I think Ani is open, isn't she? She might not be actually. I you. Think they might she come you know later. what
1: though, I think Anixia was first, and then Molten Core opened, didn't it?
0: Mm, I don't know. I thought it was Molten Core. They have I, a rollout I,
1: schedule for all of this, so yeah. it's. You're going to be playing with 1.12 mechanics and spells but, but yeah, like, the, the content is, is going to be right rolling away. out the same way that the content rolled out in classic so when you first start this you're not going to have Maradon that came out later you're not going to have yeah, Dire or... Maul that came out later
0: yeah. Mm, exactly yeah, yeah. which and, is uh, weird to Pv- think it... about <laughs> there's no PvP at all No. Like, you, you can PvP but it's just world stuff and then they will be uh, go rolling Smare, out. The, or
1: go, go to Terran Mill <laughs> In South Shore. Yeah. That's where the people. Or the crossroads. Gonna, or the crossroads. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, so crossroads PvP is awful.
0: A lot of stuff is coming, and later, you know, they're going to roll it out over time. But yeah, that's all. If you've been testing it, you've got till Friday to test, and then the last stress test is, I believe, on the twenty-fifth of July. And yeah, then that's the it until this comes out. So yeah.
1: Not much longer to wait. I oh, can't believe um, I still I'm I'm just like shocked that they're doing this. I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I am happy. I'm just shocked that they made it happen. <laughs> that, yeah. they, that they were able to make it happen. That was that was really cool. And props to everybody on Blizzard's Classic team who like put in work to make this a thing because I know it wasn't easy. Couldn't have been easy. I That's know, just be- crazy that they got it working.
0: <laughs> you were you wrote the article that we did covering that panel yeah. and the, the yeah. panel was the panel was, was like them boys were going yeah uh hi i worked on the original wow and i'm also working on this team and yeah this was crazy we had no idea what <laughs> this is weird <laughs> i didn't know what was doing that i've never seen anything <laughs> like that before but anyway yeah so yeah um one last thing to talk about real fast before we move on to some emails uh I don't know if you guys know about Diablo fans. uh, It's a site that for a long time now has covered Diablo and then they went away for a while, but now they're back. There wasn't a ton to talk
1: about. And then they came back again. Yeah, they
0: they came back and they wrote wrote an article recently that touched upon something that I've been curious about for a while. So we did a post basically mentioning that we'd talked about it too in the past, namely the the Diablo Netflix trademark filing and what it means. Uh, A while back now, uh, Blizzard filed a trademark for a Diablo you know series doing some kind of you know it was basically animation related to the streaming service that would would you know be set in the world of of the computer game diablo it's if you look at the trademark filing it's very specific language that sanctuary stream... yes yeah. so they talked about it and one of the points they made was that sdcc is coming up this month yes Uh, and SDCC is a really good place for stuff like this show is coming out on Netflix or this TV, this movie is going to happen. That kind of stuff does. That's kind of what SDCC does nowadays. It's going from being a comic con to being a a huge nerd convention.
1: Yeah. I see. Okay. I'm somebody who was there in the very early days of comic con. And when I mean the early days of comic con, I mean, they didn't even hall H wasn't a thing. Uh, they were using like maybe it was just like one section of the San Diego Convention Center Um, and I lived there like locally so I could go to it and stuff Um, and I got into preview night because at the time I could get a pro badge Uh, and preview night was there were very few people there on the show floor um, and it was kind of like this little intimate evening where everybody was like talking to the different creators and vendors and this that the other and it was really cool and I watched it over the next like how many years did I go? I, I think I went like nine years in a row. I watched it morph slowly from this little comics convention to this entertainment behemoth. And as soon as Hall H opened and they started pulling in people from like movies and TV shows and things like that to do these major panels, that's when everything exploded. So if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, be aware, if you've ever been to BlizzCon, it's like three times the size of BlizzCon. You think BlizzCon is big? Uh-uh. It's got nothing on SDCC. That's why I yeah. had no problem with BlizzCon the first time I went. There were a couple of people who were like, you don't see bothered by the crowds at all. I'm like, yeah, this is like tiny compared to the convention I used to go to all the time. So like, it's it's big. It's really big. And there are panels there every year from... It's comics, yes, but it's not so much comics. The comic stuff, there are comics panels. You kind of have to hunt for them and obviously the show floor is all about like comics and comics merch and animation merch and then now there's movie merch and stuff in there too but I really recommend if anybody is going go down to the sales floor and check out the indie comics area because there's a lot of really small creators there who have some really really cool stuff to show and those are the people honestly those are the people you should be giving your money to the guys that but, are there for the movie theaters and stuff like that, like for the movies and the TV shows and things like that, they're already making money hand over fist. Go check out the indie guys. Come on, <laughs> <but> <laughs> they're cool.
0: <laughs> related to this, um, mm-hmm. STCC Blizzard has a presence there. Usually, it's yeah. just selling exclusive stuff. It's it's just like here's an Overwatch figure you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a exclusive poster stuff like that, and they are doing that this year. That's all they're slated to do right now on the schedule. It's, do they just have a, or have no? a table. Right now, they just have a table okay. that they're going to be doing stuff at. Okay. So, I don't think we're going to get a Netflix preview at SDCC for a couple of reasons. The fact that Blizzard doesn't have anything booked... And neither does anybody else that we would think of as being. I was going to say, does
1: Netflix have a panel about anything?
0: Sure, I'm sure Netflix does, but we, you know, as to what's. Because if they have something
1: it, with like a what's up and coming, it might be in that role of stuff, but
0: it might be. We and that's the thing. The problem that's something is something
1: to it, keep an eye out for.
0: What we know is that Andy Cosby, who is the guy that wrote the most recent Hellboy and has done a lot of work. Yeah. Um, he was at one point, he tweeted something about being a showrunner for a Diablo show Then he immediately deleted this tweet and people have been watching him like a Hawk sense. Yeah. And he's been doing like back in, back in March, he did a tweet saying, I wish I could tell you about my super secret project. It's super cool. And it's going to be out soon. And that's led to a lot of speculation, whether or not that means we're going to get a Netflix series about Diablo. I mean, that's the kind of thing they would do. And he did Castlevania, and they like to. They seem to like to do three season stuff and then be done. Like Stranger Things is ending, uh, stuff like that. So it's it's not. This is not something that's impossible, and it's not something that if if they announced a Diablo series at at SDCC, I wouldn't be surprised. But right now, this is very much in the vein of take it with a grain of salt. Don't be shocked if it doesn't happen. So Don't get he- upset.
1: Here's the deal with Blizzard's presence at Comic-Con. They will do one of two things. Sometimes they will do both. And again, this is in my experience attending Comic-Con. And the last time I was at Comic-Con was like over nine years ago. So it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. But every time I see stuff every time I saw stuff there and every time I saw stuff in the news after, they followed the same routine. They either had a booth presence where they were selling merchandise and they were showing off like the new things that were coming out or they had a panel. And the panel was usually about franchise stuff. So it was about comic books they were coming out with or book books they were coming out with or you know action figures that kind it was merchandising pretty much that was their focus at San Diego Comic-Con they didn't really do game announcements or anything there because it's just not the place for it but it is the place to bring up stuff that's like you know Nerd stuff that people can collect. That's that's what Comic Con is about. When they were about, you know? when they were
0: doing the Warcraft movie, the mm-hmm. Warcraft movie got mentioned at SDCC. It, it got, did. It, got... it
1: did, and it was mentioned during Legendary's panel. So that's why I asked if there was a Netflix panel, because if they were going to do any kind of announcement or anything at San Diego Comic Con, it wouldn't be Blizzard making that announcement. It would be their distributor, whether it's Legendary or whether it's Netflix or whoever they're working with, with to produce it for Netflix. I don't know, because again, this is all rumor. It's, it's all rumor and speculation. We don't know who they're going through to produce the show. We, we don't know what production house they're going through. Netflix is like a distributor, and yeah, they do their own original content, but I don't know if they'd be doing animated content like this. It, so it's kind of like up in the air. But that's the kind of thing you want to keep your eye out for is if there's like a general Netflix thing where they're showing like previews of new stuff that's coming up, that kind of thing. That's where it might show up potentially. So if you're going yep. to San Diego Comic-Con and you see a panel like that, make sure you are there <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's basically it. Yeah. Um, so that's that pretty much covers what we've got for news right now because, yeah. again, stuff happened that we can't really talk about because it's spoilery. The next lore watch isn't for a couple of weeks sadly, but believe me when it comes out, we're going to be talking about what just happened. There's um there's so
1: much to talk about. Last time we we the the show that we just recorded, we sadly did not get to any emails because we were talking about so much stuff you guys, there's so much stuff going on. Anyway.
0: All so right. So yeah. Um now we're going to talk move on to some emails <laughs> and Speaking so of emails, forth. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got an email for the show Please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Uh, we like to talk about any game. It doesn't have to be World of Warcraft, but usually it is. We Most of our emails are about World of Warcraft. So if you've got an email about any Blizzard game, feel free to send it to us. Uh, Ann, go ahead.
1: Okay. This first one is from Gothdore, who's a 120 Void Elf Hunter. <laughs> I love your name so much that I just got it. <laughs> Okay, uh, from Asdoldarube, who says, Greetings, Blizzard of the Watch. Long-time Patreon and listener. I have a two-parter of a question that dovetails into each other. Okay, so we're going to do this one at a time, Rossi. First one. Just how canon are we to treat the mission table quests? I've noticed that some people who we killed back in Cata, like the Doctor and the Sledge Fields, are alive again, and the Alliance holds and is operating out of Gilneas, which leads to my second question. Let's answer that first one first. How canon are we supposed to treat these mission table quests?
0: I think we're supposed to treat them as canon. I mean, I never see anything to indicate they're not supposed to be what's happening around the world. I I thought that was the whole point of the mission table that while we're doing the things we're doing, the mission table stuff gives you an idea of the state of the world at large. It's the the whole war campaign. So here's
1: yeah, here's the funny thing about this mission table. When we were doing garrison stuff back in Warlords, and we had that first iteration of the table, it there was a little bit of interest. There were like a few interesting things that popped up with it, but there was also a lot of really ridiculous stuff that was kind of rolled into it. And the implication there was that you weren't supposed to take it too seriously and nothing that was happening. There was too earth shattering. It was just every now and again, you would get a mission where you're like, huh, I wonder what's going on with that. And usually it involved like people showing up in the inn Cause you had pretty fascinating people showing up in the inn that would like yeah. give you things mm-hmm. to do and stuff. Um, in Legion, it started progressing a little bit. You started to get things that were a little bit more relevant to the story at hand, but it wasn't necessarily super important. In Battle for Azroth, if you pay attention to the mission table quests and who you are sending out where and where these things are going to. There's this whole background storyline going on about the war in general and who has what territory, who's attacking where, and that kind of thing. And It's pretty long. It's pretty convoluted. And I'm just going to be honest here. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the mission table has all of this information in it because, specifically for this reason, people miss it. They don't read the mission table stuff. It's not something that they naturally pay attention to I pay attention to it because let's face it I pay attention to everything and you pay attention to it for the same reason I'm sure like we just read everything that's what we've always done with this game but not everybody does that and not everybody pays attention to all of that so I feel like there needs to be some kind of summary of what's going on in game and I feel like, I don't know if it needs to be a cut scene. I don't know if it needs to be like a letter you get in the mail. I don't know if it needs to be like an NPC having, sitting down and having a chat with you about what's going on. But somebody needs to lay all of this out because as it is, when it's in the mission table like that, it's really convoluted and it's really hard to untangle, even for me. And I read this stuff yes. all the time, you know?
0: I think to a certain degree, this expansion being what it is, this is the expansion where a lot of the really good storytelling content is t- taking place in the form of cinematics. Yeah. And they've actually made leaps and bounds with their cinematic game in terms of like how they present lore and so forth. And I think to a certain degree, it would really help be helpful if there was a way to, say, go to Stormwind or Orgrimmar, and you, you ascend the, the the seat to talk to Anduin slash Sylvanas, and you get like a you know here's our war briefing they hand you a scroll or heck you
1: talk to like Just Tarith or somebody you know yeah, like you talk they... to one of the fleet captains or you talk to one of the like
0: maybe they lead you to a war table or something and there's a map of Azeroth on it and then there's like uh... a
1: talk if you're on a horde side because he's yeah. like liaisoning with with you know Talanji and everything that's going on there
0: yeah, but I just think something that we would cut to and you could actually see like a little animated thing of, you know, we did this and they did that and show like what parts of the map are like what color right now sort of thing. Give you an idea of, OK, they they primarily hold Kalimdor. These are the spots we're holding, like the Exodar and all the places where we've got operations. And we primarily hold the Eastern Kingdoms and show the, uh, you know, the Horde presence in the Eastern Kingdoms where they're still strong. Uh, how they're pushing into the war front and stuff like that.
1: And as far as the like... cinematic goes, it doesn't even have to be really graphically complicated. You could just have the map and have the yeah. map like bloom into blue and red in the various sections is when they're doing that whole voice overlay. Taryn, I hope you're listening. This is something you should talk to somebody about. <laughs> anyway, quite frankly, but something quite like frankly, that, you know, where it's not like super complicated or anything, but I feel can... like when they were
0: when they were designing missions, mm-hmm. they they took a, they took a shortcut and basically just imported the Legion mission table. Yeah, and which was, that was in and mistake. of
1: itself an iteration of
0: yeah. The original. I don't one. think they they didn't change it very much. Imagine if when you went up to that table, you actually got to see on the world where those stu- that stuff was happening. And you actually, when you when you put in a, a a group to do it, they it flushed down and showed them on standing on the map and did a little thing of them going to the objective. Not like a big deal, just like a, there they are, here they are moving to it. And then you come back. When it's finished, you go click on it again. Here's them possibly succeeding or possibly failing. And I just, I feel like there was room to have spiced this thing up since they were going to be using it to tell a lot of story the problem in a that way I that's have... not very accessible.
1: Yeah, the problem that I have is that if they had done this with the mission table in the first place then maybe it would have worked but the thing is is going back now everybody learned in warlords ignore the mission table get that add-on that just like auto fills the dudes for you and then go on your merry way and do whatever turn it into this automated process where you're not really paying attention to what's going on you're just clicking buttons that's what everybody got used to and accustomed to and to this day they don't pay a lot of attention to the mission table but going back to Gothdorai, going back to your question, those are supposed to be canon, yes they they put a lot of effort in there to write all, out all of the information and I mean if you go in and you click on any of them, they have like a good paragraph chunk of text that tells you exactly what's going on um, they wouldn't put that kind of effort in if it weren't canon, so it's in the game, we're good Um, Do you want me to go to the second half here? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, According to... I'm just going to go back over the end of the first question. Uh, According to the mission table quest, the Alliance holds and is operating out of Gilneas, which leads to my second question. Just what is going on with Gilneas? There's a lot of conflicting information about it. At the end of Siege of Orgrimmar... Varian remarks that the Alliance will send druids there to help restore it, and we presume that the Horde would leave it as a gesture of peace. But in BTS, Before the Storm, and Eulogy, Gen remarks that the Forsaken still hold Gilneas. He tells Anduin that, like Stromgarde, monsters still control his homeland, and points to the Forsaken. And Sylvanas wanted to drive a wedge between the Gilneans and Night Elves over which home gets retaken first. Did the Horde really leave Gilneas after siege, Why would the Forsaken still control Gilneas up until Battle for Azeroth? Does the Alliance actually control Gilneas? Thanks.
0: I think right now, and Mm -hmm. keep in mind this is based primarily on mission table stuff, the way things are right now, the Alliance controls Gilneas as much as anybody can control a plague-infested wasteland. Because that's the problem with Gilneas, and it's always been the problem with Gilneas. Sylvanas used her super plague on it when she was losing. When she realized she couldn't give Garrosh what he wanted, she used her super plague on it. Even though he had her, his agents had told her not to. You know, the first thing she did was turn to her guy. And go, of course, we're going to use the plague, and they did. And Gilneas is not livable. Like you have to be a worgen to even survive it. That's one of the reasons that um, the worgen retreated back. But you notice when you were when you did the uh, cataclysm Silverpine stuff, the worgen retreated back into Gilneas. When they were done, they didn't just, they they had nowhere else to go. So they went back into Gilneas. That's where they have been this whole time. The Alliance has had a presence in Gilneas from the beat. It's just been a rebel one. It's been been partisans. And I think the Forsaken kept staying and fighting there well up until Battle for Azeroth because nobody really cared about it but the Gilneans. And it wasn't that the Varian didn't want to keep his word. It was that stuff kept happening. Like the, the end of of, of Pandaria, well, we're going to try and retake... What do you mean the Dark Portal just reopened? And what, a group of orcs just destroyed Nethergard Keep? And there's a bomb in Black... What? In Blackrock Mountain? Okay, I guess we're going to another dimension now with our setting up a garrison. Okay, but that's dealt with. Now we're going to reclaim... Uh, demons. A lot of demons. Okay. You know, it's, it's not that the Alliance didn't want to do it. And it's not that the Horde even particularly cared it's other stuff was more important. So I think that's basically been the status quo. After Before the Storm, and specifically after the invasion of Undercity, any forces in the area didn't have support anymore. The Horde couldn't hold on to it because they couldn't hold on to anything. They're barely able to hold on to the stuff. Every Horde offensive is basically being mounted from Silvermoon. Like, that's the only territory they really have a solid hold on right now. You'll notice it's Liadrin leading the Horde into Arathi Basin, not Arathi Basin, Arathi Highlands. Like a lot of times it's our, it's, it's Liadrin and the blood elves who are spearheading that attack because they're the only ones who have a stable foothold on, on the kingdom right now. i mean, the only ones on the whole continent. The Forsaken don't. They're so, I mean, we're not nuts enough to think the Forsaken have managed to evacuate Terrace Glades. Like a lot of them have left, especially under city, but there's still Forsaken fighting in Terrace Glades. They're still Forsaken in the Lands. And there's still probably some forsaken in at least Silverpine, if not Gilneas proper. And Definitely as long as those pine. as long as those forces exist, the whole Alliance is going to be fighting them, and it's not going to be, uh, you know. But right now, the Alliance has the overwhelming advantage on the Eastern Kingdoms, just like the Horde has the overwhelming advantage on Kalimdor. Which doesn't mean the Night Elves have left. Clearly, clearly, the Night Elves didn't go. Didn't all just take off? because they've got a big army that they just dropped into the no, middle there's of there's a York.
1: super mad night warrior and a big bear man that have a lot to yeah. say about that.
0: Um, but just, so there's, you have to look at Gilneas right now as occupied, but not, it's not a, it's not like some place you can go back to.
1: I want to, I want to talk a little bit here about the whole timeline of what went down in Gilneas, because uh, you know, most people know, I think, that I worked on uh, the WoW Ultimate Visual Guide And one of the sections was about Gilneas, and I had to untangle the timeline and figure out exactly what happened. Because there are a lot of factors in play here, and some of those factors not everyone got to see. And I think that's where a little bit of the confusion came from, because there were a lot of people who disagreed with what I laid out in the Ultimate Visual Guide. But keep in mind that that went through their historian, like the internal historian team at Blizzard, and I worked very closely with them to make sure that I got everything laid out right, and I did. They wouldn't have approved it <laughs> if I hadn't. They would have sent it back to me and said fix this, you know. Um, we the, the way that Gil, what went down in Gilneas was Cataclysm happened. The Forsaken invaded. All of that stuff that happened in the Wor- Worgen play starting experience, that happened, and uh, at the end of all of that, Liam died, Gen took a ton of survivors, and the Night Elves took them all to Kalimdor. But there were people that were left behind and that's what plays out in the whole Silver Pine sequence. There are a lot of people that were left behind particularly uh, Darius Crowley. He was the head of the Gilnean Liberation Front and they were there specifically to get Gilneas back from the Forsaken to, to take the city back. Um if you play through the Silver Pine quest, what happens at the very end of those quests, and you only see this on Horde side, and I think that's where people had like, issues kind of resolving everything, was because half of this happened on Alliance, and half of this happened on Horde, and it didn't all happen together um, On the Horde side of things, you get a hold of Crowley's daughter, Lorna and you hold her hostage and there's this scene that plays out with Sylvanas where she says, I'm going to turn your daughter into a Forsaken Unless you get out. And Crowley has no choice in the matter because it's his daughter. So he takes Lorna and they retreat back into Gilneas and they agree to give Gilneas City up to the Forsaken. They just say, okay, we're out. And they take off. Um, we, haven't, we We hadn't seen them at that point that I was writing the Ultimate Visual Guide. We didn't see them at all after that. We didn't know what they were up to or anything. However at that point in time that's as far as we had history-wise unless you were a rogue in cataclysm if you were a rogue in cataclysm and you did the legendary quest chain you were actually sent back to gilneas because it turns out that there was a dude there named lord hiram creed who was the leader of the black howl and they were kind of um rebels that were taking over as much as they could of gilneas in the area you were sent there because Creed wasn't actually a human. Creed was a black dragon. He was one of the last black dragons out there. He was disguised as a Gilnean nobleman and they had taken out several parts of Gilnean City and were occupying it. Um, And there was kind of an implication there that he was using his draconic powers to basically keep the Black Howl under bay like under his control. Um, technically speaking, it's possible that they had been working with the alliance, but if they had been, it was probably with the intention to like betray them later on because that's kind of how Anixia operated. She was she was right under the Alliance noses. She was like pulling all the strings and stuff. Okay? So Creed was kind of doing the same thing. He didn't get very far though cuz Rathion figured out that he was there and he sends the alliance player to go in and take out Creed. Once Creed is taken out, the Black Howl are suddenly no longer under his control. Um, and we don't know what happened to them. Either they went back into the forest of Gilneas or they went to go join their family and kin in Calumdor, or maybe they're out there still trying to eke out a living. But after that instance, Gilneas City was pretty much abandoned. Nobody was really doing anything with it. It was plagued. Half of it was plagued. Half of it was like the Forsaken were fighting over it. So that's where we were at, at like the end of Cataclysm, Um, timeline-wise. Nobody really had control over it, per se. It was a hunk of rubble at that point, and it wasn't really of use to anybody. Um, The Forsaken were kind of defending it because they considered it their terror, and they didn't want the Worgen back there, you know, knocking on their back door again. But the thing is, is we've heard like rumors of them going to try and take things back but we've never seen it like directly addressed and it was like you were talking about rossi it was exactly like you were talking about where there was other stuff coming on oops we got to go to pandaria oops we got to go to another world oops we got to fight the burning legion there was never really time to dedicate towards taking gilneas back so i don't i don't know if it's technically under alliance control at this point or not but if that's what the mission table is saying then obviously they've managed to like get some kind of foothold in there. There's something going on there. And if that's the case, I'm kind of annoyed about it because, honestly, I feel like that's something we should be experiencing in-game with our characters, particularly Worgen characters. I mean, come on.
0: You know, that does make me wonder. We know we're getting the Worgen redesign. Do you think uh, that's what it's going to
1: involve? Because like, we're going to get heritage armor for them.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the heritage armor is going to be the, You know, what's that going question. on in Gilneas. go. Going back to Gielinor because we know they did they did similar for the blood elves and the the gnomes and the Torrens, so we'll we'll see what we get. Because
1: I believe that the announcement was that worgen and goblins those are the two races that are going to get heritage armor next.
0: It would make sense. And I don't they remember they if they the said revamp. that. They're doing the revamp in eight point two point five. So yeah, I and when would they come out with the surprised. revamp,
1: they're going to get the heritage armor because obviously they're going to model the heritage armor on the new models. You know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see, maybe, potentially. It would be nice.
0: I mean, it would definitely be something worth doing. Plus, I would like to see what they give goblins.
1: I want to see what they give goblins. I want to see if... Okay, so long shot, and this has nothing to do with the question at hand. I'm very sorry, but we we ramble here. Uh, I want to see if maybe the whole goblin heritage armor thing, because it's going to involve the Bilgewater Cartel. And you know it is. I'm wondering if it's going to be something about Gallywix and getting Gallywix out of the picture. Because <laughs> he's the only one that's like really okay with working with Sylvanas right now, as far as like the Horde leadership goes. And it's mostly because she's getting in profit. So like, that's all he cares about, right? She's as ruthless as he is.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he definitely is. If everybody else in the Horde is like, let's get rid of this person, you kind of have to turn over and look at the guy who's standing next to her going, yeah, everything's great. Think about getting rid of him. Everything's great.
1: I got Azerite. I'm making money hand over fit. Yeah, no. Um, and people haven't been happy with Gallywix since, like, Thrall put him in place, which was over also... Over your player character. I, I feel like this could be, like, another leg of Thrall's apology tour 2019. <laughs> This is what's going of on with the me. goblins. Look, I'm yeah. sorry. I left this jerk in charge of you guys. Totally not my
0: intention. didn't think you'd be this long, okay? <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I want the Worgen stuff. I really want the Worgen stuff to actually like deal with G- Gilneas and hammer out what's going on with Gilneas. Because like I said, that timeline was really convoluted when I had to untangle it for the ultimate visual guide. And... It would be nice to see it like laid out in a way that people can look at it and go, ah, oh, okay, it all makes sense now. Like it did when I finally finished untangling the whole mess. Um, and it's not a mess. It isn't. I mean, it's laid out fairly straightforward. It's just that the pieces exist on different sides of the faction fence and in different quest chains. And in one instance, in a quest chain that one class gets to experience, and only if yeah. you're doing legendary stuff. So it's like... Well, this is all over the place. Yeah. All right. Um. You know what, though, I think oh, there's a couple my... of really
0: short ones at the bottom. Do we, we want to do a get really one short one
1: really quick? Let's. Yeah. I mean, because
0: we have that. We have that. Yeah. I, I would say let's try and at least do one or two of those. There's two, they're, they're at the end. They shouldn't take long.
1: Okay. All right. Uh. First one is from Flanageddon, who says. Does the cute- cutesy nature of gnomes, along with the quirky music, hide the true horror of Mechagon?
0: I would say it emphasizes the true horror of Mechagon because I am yeah. creeped the f out. Because it's like you know, it's like kind of like going to like see like I'm trying to think of the name of the game. There's a video game. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's or something.
1: Yes, the one where you're the, the piece of right joint. Now. Five Nights at Freddy's yes. and the animat.
0: Yeah, the animatronics all decide to come murder you, and it's like being stalked at Chuck E. Cheese by killer robots. Uh huh. That one is creepy AF, and Mechagon does not. Mechagon has that same energy, where it's like you know, that's huh, yes, welcome to Mechagon. We will to slice off your limbs. You know, they're not the yeah. It's like it's like cute gnome story meets Cronenbergian body horror. Yeah, I, I think it emphasizes it.
1: Some of the some of the best horror video games that I have played are ones where it's like you're in an abandoned house or an abandoned school or an abandoned somewhere and everything is quiet. There's kind of creepy creaks and things like that. And then all of a sudden you hear the gentle tinkle of a music box. And ordinarily it'd be really sweet. But in that moment, it's the most terrifying thing you have ever heard in your life.
0: Okay. You stop reminding me right now of that girl in in dress bar, or Mm -hmm. we're going to just stop the show because I'm going to leave. I will leave right now.
1: But yeah, it's like it's it's that kind of a thing. Um, cutesy can be perfectly horrifying, honestly. <laughs> um, in some cases, it can be more horrifying than than actual like jump scares and things like that, because this is the kind of thing where it's like you don't expect it to be dark. So when it gets dark, it's like ooh, it's like twice as disturbing. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, little girl in a tea party. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like bring back you know evoke memories of that, but. It's kind of the same thing. She sang her little sing song. i mentioning it. It wasn't until you listened to the lyrics that you went, oh, wow, this is really messed up. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, one other question here. Quick question. Arulian from Discord also asks, or asks, they didn't ask anything else. They asked this. Does Ashara have good fashion sense or is it 10,000 years
0: out of date? I don't think five eyeballs and a crown is ever going to go out of style like for what she's going for it, it's it's right on point the The woman is as you know as i'm not saying fleek i'm not because i'm too old and too white but she is fleek has yeah. had its
1: moment it's done you're fine
0: okay good it's it's dad joke then uh yeah no she's she's quite quite elegant in her terrifying alien way so yeah i'm i don't i don't have any problem saying that ashara is quite stylish
1: I think if you ask Ashara, she will absolutely tell you that she's the epitome of style and beauty and power and everything else, because that's just who Ashara is. Um, It's kind of the same thing, you know, it's sort of interesting because like when we went to Suramar in uh, Legion, one of the things I was looking for was just like at the fashion and the costumes, not the costumes, but the clothing that everybody was wearing, that kind of thing, because I was like... So, is this progressive fashion outside of Azeroth's world bubble? Is this what it looks like? Is this what Night Elf fashion turned into, or are they all wearing clothes that are just repeats of stuff that they were wearing ten thousand years ago? And yeah, I never, have they, never have quite they got changed? an answer. Yeah. yeah, I never quite got an answer for that. Whether their tailors had like evolved over time, you would think that they would have.
0: Yeah, well, to a certain degree, I think, especially in Ashar's case, once your bodies start turning into snake and fish hybrids, you definitely mm-hmm. change yeah your clothing your your clothing styles change up and Ashara there's, in particular there's a limit you know, to what a good tailor can three do tentacles. yeah yeah i definitely think you've got to make some changes when you, you sprout like a crown of like multiple eyes for a head and like multiple long fleshy tentacles coming out of your lower half yeah i definitely think that there's some some changes were made she used to like just white dresses I think, to a degree, by looking at stuff like what Ashara wore ten thousand years ago, you know that the uh, the Nightborn changed their look. The Nightborn definitely updated their look.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, they would have had had to have kind of, wouldn't they? Because they went through an actual like physical genetic shift.
0: And they were plus they were stuck in a bubble for ten thousand years. Where I mean, it's not like they had a lot was of each other. Yeah, they didn't have a lot yeah. of else to
1: do. So why not work on, you know, tailoring and, and wine? This sounds like a great place for a vacation, honestly. <laughs> have some custom clothes made. Drink a lot of stuff. It'll give you wings. Have some fruit when you're done with the wine. <laughs> It'll make everything better again. Uh, Yeah, I, I think Ashara, I mean, Ashara's fashion sense is kind of tailored to the Naga now. And the Naga don't exactly have a lot they can do with their fashion but they make yeah. it, they make they make a good attempt at it anyway. They do. I think she's got bigger things on her mind than what she's wearing at this point. Honestly. Um,
0: yeah, I would agree. But I definitely think that Ashar would never. It would never be a good idea to tell Ashar that she was dated. Let me put it to you that way. Not, not if you
1: wanted way. to, like, you know, live longer than a couple of seconds. Yep. Probably not the best thing to. Uh, yeah. But you'll see all of that in the raid. Which opened today, so go go raid that if you if you've got a chance to. And like I said, keep the NPC voices turned up because there's some really cool stuff in there. All right, we should go ahead and wrap up the show here though, because yep. we're 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 over time just a little bit, but only a little bit. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
0: Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, subject line podcast or blizzard watch so we know it's for the show and again they can be about any blizzard game doesn't have to be world of warcraft we love talking about world of warcraft but it can be diablo it can be overwatch it can be starcraft it can be rock and roll racing i'm not kidding we will actually answer those questions we can do this we have the technology thank you guys very much for being here and we'll be here next week